Hi guys and welcome to United Q Barbecue Podcast, the only barbecue podcast in the UK, brought to you by your host Dan from United Q and his co-host Barbecue Forte. Hello. This episode is brought to you by our kind sponsors ProQ Smokers. ProQ is dedicated to providing you with quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. You can find us on you can find them on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. Hi guys, this week we've got John from Grillstock. Hi John. Hi gents, how are you doing? Very good, thank you. How are you, sir? Excellent. Yeah, very well, thank you. Enjoying the uh, the winter sunshine today. Yeah, it's lovely out there today. Mm. Perfect barbecue weather, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is. <laughs> Shame we haven't got one on at home. But uh, <laughs> if you could introduce yourself a bit bit more than that, John, and, and uh, let people know uh, who you are if they're, if they're not sure. Yeah, sure. So my name's John Finch. Uh, I'm one of the co-founders of Grillstock, which is um, a barbecue festival and competition, but also... A small chain of smokehouses too. So we we started that probably back in 2009, 2010, and that's all I've done since. Awesome. So before that, were you into barbecues before, or is that your first venture into the barbecue world? It's the first venture doing it to earn a living from. Um, I've always cooked on the barbecue for years and years, and actually, I can I can trace the point back to where my love of all things meaty and smoky came from. I had a friend in California come over. Uh, to stay with us for a few days and um we went to the butchers and we bought a whole rump of beef and he brought it back and he made some seasoning up like a basic santa maria seasoning out of stuff he found in my uh, cupboard and he cooked the whole rump of beef on my beaten up old outback gas barbecue in my, in my garden and it was the best beef i'd ever eaten and i think from that moment onwards i suddenly started thinking all right let's let's go and cook outside some more um that was probably i don't know early 2000s i would say so quite a while ago Awesome, cool. Yes, that's... It must have been a good meal if you can really remember it that well. It was a the thing that really catalyzed the movement into uh, American-style barbecue, was it? It was just the first time I'd seen somebody cook a whole kind of hunk of beef. And it, honestly, my, my whole barbecue was on fire. I thought it ruined the thing. <laughs> and, uh, it was smoking everywhere, the flames shooting out the back of it. I thought he's just ruined this nice piece of beef we just bought. Um, and he took it out and it was the perfect crust and sear and a real kind of umami flavour from the uh, from the bark on the outside. And he sliced into it, perfectly medium rare in the middle, and just sliced, slice after slice of this awesome rump. Uh, I can remember every mouthful. It was phenomenal. It had a, a profound effect on the rest of my life, that rump. <laughs> so what did you cook that on? That was just on a beaten up old gas barbecue uh, at the back of my house. Yeah. So I had a barbecue, I cooked bits and pieces on it, um, but never anything like that. So that's I interesting. Got rid of that barbecue, actually. Because that's the sort of response that, that I get when I sort of tell people what I do cook on the barbecue. That that's what they're like. Is how how did how do you cook that on a barbecue? Because they just imagine <laughs> it like a, a grill, and, and you just sat like a like a five kilo pork shoulder right on the grill and, and how do you not burn it? They can't not burn sausages. <laughs> yeah. So they just don't understand the, the process there. So that's, that's one of the things I enjoy is sort of opening, opening the eyes to, to what can really be done on a barbecue. Yeah, absolutely. There's pretty much uh, nothing you can't cook on barbecue. I don't think. No, I so, definitely agree. Yeah, definitely agree with that. We haven't found anything yet. We won't attempt to cook on the barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like you've tried some ambitious things. <laughs> Yeah, we try and we dabble. <laughs> yeah, the only the only thing that I, I don't like, I mean, I like to cook anything in the barbecue that that needs the flavour that you get from a barbecue. I don't see the point in cooking mm. stuff in the barbecue that that you're not 
you're not really imparting yeah. the flavor from i just don't don't see the point in it personally so so yeah everything i try if i feel that the sort of that smoky flavor uh, that you get goes goes with it then then yeah i'll cook it on the barbecue from then on that's it i will never go back to the hop yeah. <laughs> no and um, you know on a day like today i know it's cold outside but you'd much rather be standing outside with a barbecue going than standing in a kind of stuffy steamy kitchen any day of the week so Exactly. You know, I think even even things that you don't really want to pick up a smoky flavour, um, it's just nice to be outside, isn't it? And just kind of in the fresh air cooking. I love it. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. So before before you uh, you opened you sorry before you had the Grill Stark Care Festival back in two thousand and nine, I think you said. What what did you do before that? So um, way back, I was uh, in charge of marketing for Volkswagen Cars. So I was at their head office um, doing lots of corporate stuff, wearing a grey suit every day, um, marching to the kind of, you know, the corporate brand guidelines, all that good stuff. Awesome. Um, And I just got sick of it, to be honest. I just felt really constrained. I felt really kind of um, tightened in there, almost a bit claustrophobic. Um, And about that time, I was surfing a lot, uh, so I came up with an idea of importing some really beautiful handcrafted longboards from Australia and California. So I made some inroads, went and saw a few people over there, made the contacts, and then we set up a business, um, a surf shop down in North Devon um, near Croyd. Um, that all we did was import and sell real top-end handmade um, California Australian longboards, and it was great. Uh, we had a lovely business for a while. Um, and then, unfortunately, the Chinese decided they were going to start making a load of surfboards really cheap um, and flooded the uh, UK market with oh, boards that were costing maybe a fifth or a quarter of the price of the ones that I was selling. Mm. And the business just it just took a, a downturn from there. It became really hard, uh, hard work. And about that time, um, I rented a space above uh, the shop to a mate of mine called Ben. Um, he was a graphic designer. And we're just chewing around one night, um, having a beer, and, and, and we're looking for something like a big American barbecue competition, but in the UK that we could go to and just go and hang out and see what it's all about. Um, we both travelled in the States, and we've both seen them over there, and we thought, you know, let's let's go and find one in Britain and go, on, go and have a weekend of eating meat and drinking beer and all that good stuff. Uh, and there wasn't one, so that was kind of late 2009. Um, so we thought, well, sack it, let's have a go at doing it ourselves. Um so the first festival was kind of June 2010. Um, so we were grossly underskilled, uh, overly ambitious, naive. We had no idea how to run a festival, no idea how to do the infrastructure, no idea um, actually how the budget for festivals and that sort of thing works. So it oh, nearly killed us, actually. But um, we got through the first year, uh, had good fun. Um, I mean, the stage in the first year literally was four pallets on the floor with a little pop-up gazebo on the top of it. Um, we had uh, Dr. Barbecue came over. That was the kind of moment we met Ray. Um, he'd heard that we were doing something over there, and he picked up the phone and called me up and said, you know, he'd like to get involved. So um, he came over, and, and from that moment, we had a great competition in the first year, but Ray really kind of embraced it and, and took Grillstock under his wing and kind of showed us, you know, the real nitty-gritty of how American barbecue competitions work and you know, how to cook this food, how to judge it properly, and, and I guess put the uh, the real mechanics of what makes grill stock what it is today uh, in place back at the start. So, um, yeah, we grew from there, really. That's awesome that it happened in such like a natural way, like it, it wasn't something you planned on doing, it was just like, just, just happened. That's that's <laughs> awesome to hear that. That's so cool. And 
It is. Uh, I know there's probably guys out there listening that have put on competitions and events themselves. And what you see over that weekend is probably 5% of the work. 95% of that is about the planning and, you know, getting the right infrastructure in place, getting how many toilets do I need, how many fence panels do I need, all the boring stuff. Uh, and that's the stuff when we went into it, we had no clue about. Um, so neither of you had any any event experience at all? It's just like just coming into nothing. it? That's amazing. Absolutely, that's so cool. Absolutely nothing. Um, and I think if we'd have known how much work and how hard it was going to be in that first year, frankly, I don't think we'd have done it. I think we'd have said, you know what, it's too too much. Let's not bother. Um, I think we went into it a bit naively and... Uh, that paid off because by the time we realised how hard it was going to be, we'd, we'd already announced it and got a couple of sponsors on board. So. Yeah, already in too deep, so you had to go through yeah, it. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But um, yeah, it worked out well then. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I'm going to say, it's definitely come on from those four pallets, hasn't it now? <laughs> it has. And you know what we've seen in the first year, we had to beg people to come and compete at Grillstock. We had 12 teams compete in that first year. Um, half of them were made up of family members, friends, local restaurant chefs. Um, you know, there were very few um, barbecue teams out there then that were on the circuit. Dr. Sweet Smoke was one of the guys, Andy Anat. Yeah. He competed at the first one. Those guys were on the competition scene, a couple of others. Um, and now, you know, the grill stop this year, crikey, I think we had 120 applications and wow. we've got 30, 30 spaces for people to cook. So it's you know, now it's really hard for us to say no to all these guys because, um, you know... Yeah, we saw you were trying to get from the council a bit more space or something so you could try and accommodate yeah, more teams and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, last year we did three festivals. Uh, we did Bristol, Manchester, and then this huge one in London, Walthamstow. Um, and it was great. It was a wonderful festival, but it was too much and it almost broke us. Um, so we're back, back to our homeland this year. We just want to do one awesome festival focus everything on that one uh, that one in bristol but it is space you know we want to do it in the city center so people can stay nearby they can go out for beers afterwards um you know it's easy for people to get to people don't have to drive um and you're just limited you, there's a fixed number of spots you can do a big event in bristol city center and we've got the biggest one so uh space is what it is sadly it's an awesome location as well. I mean, you, you are, like, literally, like you said, smack bam, right in the centre on the docks. It, oh, you couldn't ask for a better spot, so it's no, absolutely it's bang on, really, I think. It is. And you've got the water all around, and you've got kind of, you know, the... Uh, is it the Michael, the old wooden boat? I think it's the Michael. Yeah. Um, in the background, swimming around. Yeah, it's great. It's beautiful. We love it there. So how, how would you describe Grillstock to someone who's never been to it before? Oh, so Grillstop really is, um, I mean, it's two days solid of people eating meat, drinking beer, dancing around and having a good time. You know, it, it is smoky, it's noisy, uh, it's boozy, um, it's quite raucous, but at the same time, it's got a really friendly atmosphere. You know, we've never, in 11 festivals, we've never, never had any incidents. People come along just to share share knowledge to try new things to kind of eat the best barbecue food they can um have a good time really it's just a weekend of uh, meat and music so basically imagine your your best ever backyard party and then just times it by <laughs> ten thousand people and that's grill stock do you know what guys that you've you've hit the nail on the head that is that is what inspires each year's festival is we think what would make the best party what music would we have on what kind of food do we want to eat getting together with your mates, cooking some meat, drinking some beers, turn the music up loud, 
it is just a, we we view the festival honestly as a bigger version of what we do in our back gardens for our mates it's exactly that that's awesome that's so cool so into that big time <laughs> <laughs> yeah. now, it keeps um it keeps it from getting too commercial as well i think uh, i mean there is a danger i mean last year between the three festivals i think we had 65,000 visitors come and once you're at that sort of size it's quite easy to get a bit too corporate a bit commercial and kind of start having lots of big brands plastered all over the place but we we veer away from that you know the festival's not there to make money the festival's there because we love doing it and we love you know it's something we want to go to and enjoy with our friends so kind of keeps us focused on what grill stuff should be so it's not changing its name to grill slash v fest then anytime soon <laughs> no not yet <laughs> well, you know everyone's got a price right but not yet. <laughs> uh, if you're listening uh <laughs> make all checks payable to <laughs> So my, my personal favourite part of Grill Socks, watching the competition, I guess, and on the stage and watching Dr. Barbecue there, introducing it to the judges yeah. and watching all that. What, what's your favourite part of the show? He's great. Um, do you know, my favourite moment is actually very early on Saturday morning. Um, you can come in there. All the teams have been set up Friday night. We've had, we always put a party on on the Friday night for the teams and our traders and uh, so everyone's had a few beers, stayed up a bit too late. They're a bit groggy. We walk in early Saturday before any of the members of the public are in there, and the teams have all got the smokers lit, and they're all kind of running around, drinking coffee, rubbing meat. And there's just kind of this haze over the whole festival area. You've got this empty festival site, but there's this haze of kind of wood smoke and yeah. charcoal and just the smell of the meat and the kind of, you know, that real... You know when you light your smoker really early in the morning and the air is really cold still, a bit fresh, but you just get that kind of smoky waft. I think it's walking through at that time. Everyone's excited. Uh, you know, the, the festival's not yet open, but there's a real buzz in the air. Uh, I love that. Uh, it's my favourite part of the weekend, without a doubt. Yeah, and that's going to be even bigger this year with 30 teams there. It is, yeah. I can't <laughs> wait. Can't wait. That and judging. I always, me and Ben always judge Chef's Choice. Um, yeah, I saw you on the stage judging last year. <laughs> yeah, we look. We we have done since the start. Actually, it's the uh, it's a really cool round to judge. So I, I do enjoy uh, I do enjoy judging that. You don't judge the hot wings. <laughs> no, I, I generally find one of our guys from the restaurants that's uh, been a bit lippy and volunteer yeah. them to uh, judge a hot wings round. The opposite of employee of the month yeah. gets the hot wings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who pissed us off that month gets yeah. to judge the hot wings round. <laughs> so I was getting a bit cocky. Yeah. So you, you you mentioned earlier that uh, sort of uh, Doctor Barbecue Ray Lampy he he uh, he taught you a bit bit more about the American barbecue scene and stuff like that so what what, what do you cook on at home and, and what what did you take from 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 Ray oh I mean we'd seen American barbecue competitions um you know we'd been there as visitors uh and we'd we'd seen them kind of a number of times and we'd, we'd both traveled around what we'd never seen is what a barbecue competition looks like from an organizer's perspective and from a you know real kind of the nitty gritty what makes a good competition and a, a something that people want to come and and and, and go to um so he he was great he really kind of opened up to us that you know he, he didn't, didn't hold anything back it was kind of you know he he wants to make grill stock as great as he can with us um but also a lot of the tips and tricks you know ray's written what, eight cookbooks now i think he's in the middle of writing his ninth he's writing the new big green egg cookbook at the moment um 
And he's been cooking barbecue for, you know, as long... I think we worked out he's been cooking barbecue for as long as Ben has been alive. So he's, you know... Yeah, he's winning titles all over the world, winning competitions yeah, exactly. everywhere. Like you said, writing... Exactly. It's like you said, it's an eighth book or something. He's been writing books yeah. for, for longer than, than what I could even read for, so... <laughs> Uh, so you know, if he's he, he's and the other thing is he's he's got a really dry sense of humour. He's quite cynical. Um, he's quite British in his sense of humour, actually. Uh, you know, very sarcastic, and he, he's good fun to hang out with. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, he's seen it all. He's been around the block a few times. He's seen characters come and go. Uh, but he knows good barbecue, and he knows pretty much everything there is about how to cook it too. So uh, yeah, he's a good guy to hang out with. So yourself as a cook, would you class yourself as a low and slow man, or are you just an all-round no. cook or a hot and fast? You no, know, <laughs> pretty, uh, pretty much everything. I'll cook pretty much everything I can on the barbecue. Um, yeah, I'll r- roast things on there, or slow cook things on there, grill things on there. There's no, I don't, I don't really say I'm a low and slow guy because I, I do do a lot of kind of hot and fast grilling stuff too. So. Pretty much anything, absolutely anything. I love it all. Awesome. What do you tend to cook on at home? What what barbecues do you have outside right now? Um, what barbecues do I have and what barbecues I've got outside are probably two different things. Oh. Um, <laughs> I've got a, uh, well, my wife only lets me keep a certain number of barbecues outside at any one time, so they're kind of <laughs> in a bit of rotation. <laughs> and so outside right now, I've got a. Um, I've got a big green egg, I've got a Weber kettle, and I've got a new toy which I uh, just got sent, which is a Green Mountain Grill Davy Crockett, which is like a mini pellet grill um, and smoker, which is quite cool. It's quite small, it only fits kind of like a couple of chickens in there, but um, I'm having a bit of fun playing around with that at the moment. Yeah, how are you getting on with that? Yeah, it's good. It's um, It feels like cheating, to be honest, because you... You fire it up, you, it's got a digital display panel, so you say, right, cook at such a temperature. You can control it over Wi-Fi and put a whole cooked program in there. Because um, it's pellet-driven, it just works. lights itself, <laughs> gets, gets on with it and tells you when you, your food's done. So, yeah. But it's got fun. It's a cool little uh, cool little machine. Bags of character from it. Yeah, my, my girlfriend, when I, when I ever buy a new barbecue, she always expects me to get rid of one, and I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not happening. <laughs> I've point. got I've got barbecues in uh, two different sheds. Uh, I've got one in Ben's barn at the moment. I've got about three in storage. Uh, they're just I've got barbecues dotted all over the like four or five different places. You never know uh, when you may need them, so that's why I was saying. I mean, know. yeah, exactly. You can never have too many barbecues. What's it? The, sorry, what was that? The guy that came over that time, a Californian friend, um, came over, Mike. He sent me a Santa Maria grill from the Santa Maria Barbecue Outfitters probably six or seven years ago now. And this is about as basic as it gets. It's like a steel frame. It's got cast iron troughs. Uh, in fact, it might be a cast iron frame for all I know. And then it's got a... Uh, so you fill the trough with logs in the state. In California, you'd fill it with red oak. You just used to use any wood here. Uh, and then it's got a grill on a winch at the side. Um, so you literally light a log fire in this thing. And then you adjust the heat just by winding the uh, winch up and down. But it's my favourite thing in the world to cook on. I, w- it, I would cook on that every day if I could. It's just beautiful. But special occasions, kind of whole joints of meat, uh, nothing comes close to it. 
I awesome. Can't, can't imagine what the postage was to ship a cast iron thing over from America. <laughs> yeah, more than it cost to buy the thing in yeah. the first place. It's a bit of a beast. But we've taken that. Um, we cooked at Meatopia with that a couple of years running. Actually, did a load of um, kind of rump hearts and tri-tip on there, and it's just it's just wonderful. It's a uh, it's quite tricky to control the heat because you you are burning just a log fire. You can't mm. clamp it down like you can a smoker. You can't reduce the oxygen flow. So it's about moving the fire around from one side to another. Keep feeding it with the fresh logs, and then using the winch up and down to kind of control your heat and your kind of you know how near to grill the meat is. And, um, it's it's just great. I love cooking on yeah, that. That sounds just like really good fun. That's like what what barbecue is yeah. about for me. It's just a bit more of the technique and the fun involved in doing it. And you do smell like a log fire when you're finished. I mean, you are, you smell for days. Um, <laughs> I like and, it. My wife hates it. Washing my clothes <laughs> every day. <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, and the other new toy we got last year is we ordered a um, trailer smoker from Yoda Smokers over in Wichita. Oh, yeah. That arrived kind of at the start of last year, so we've um, had some fun on that the last, uh, well, the last year or so. It's a big frontiersman that's, um, I think it's 17 feet long and wow. got a couple of uh, couple of chambers, big offset. So that's great. I mean, you you wouldn't fire it up just to cook a rack of ribs, but yeah. you know, for <laughs> um, for events and stuff like that, it's good fun. Cool. Awesome. What what would be your personal favourite wood to smoke with? I think if I could get it easily, uh, it would be pecan. Yeah. Um, I love that. I think it's got just the right balance. Quite sweet, quite a rounded flavour. I don't like I don't like meat to be over smoky. I think uh, you know smoke, as we all know, is a seasoning and to be used in balance with the rest of the flavours. I don't like it when you bite into meat and you can only taste the smoke. You can't taste the rub or the sauce or the meat itself. I think pecan works really well. It's just um, it seems to complement most meats. Um, it's a bit kind of like hickory, but not as aggressive. It's like a it's kind of a nuttier version of hickory, I find. Um, so I love that, but I, I find it quite hard to find. So if anyone knows where I can get a good batch of it from, um, I'd be interested actually. I'm sure someone um, will jump <laughs> jump at that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be great. Um, and then apart from that, just whatever I can get hold of, really. I, quite like using cherry wood it seems to be fairly accessible i think it gives off um a nice rounded flavor as well uh we use hickory in the restaurants mixture of hickory and oak mm-hmm. um i find oak on its own a little bit aggressive i think it can take over a little bit um yeah that's it really cool thanks and you said you like to taste the rub so have you got a personal favorite rub that you'd use or do you make your own rubs yeah, I mean, we um, all the rubs we use in the restaurants are my recipes. Um, so we use three different rubs in, on site. Uh, they get, obviously get mixed and made up in big batches by someone else now, but we started out making them all ourselves. Um, but I tend to experiment, really. There's, there's always a base that I would use of kind of the salt, pepper, paprika, a bit of sugar. Um, but then really kind of mix it up depending on what I'm cooking, what kind of mood, if it goes spicy, if it goes kind of more of a smoky. Um yeah, it just changes every time I make it, really. I've probably probably got about four or five that I kind of interchange at any one time. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on the beef. I don't tend to use anything too fancy with beef, uh, you know, just salt and pepper. Maybe it's a garlic powder and celery salt, that's it. Um, but everything else I tend to go quite heavy with. Yeah. What about, like, the injecting and brining and stuff like that? Do you go for any of that? 
I've dabbled with it a bit. Um, I think it's good. I mean, I've tried it on briskets. I think if you get a brisket or a pork shoulder that's maybe a little bit leaner or a little bit smaller than I ideally would like, I, I think injecting can help keep a bit of moisture in there and keep it kind of, you know, a bit juicier when you cook it. But really, if you're buying good meat that's well-aged and marbled and kind of got good fat in there and is a good size, um, I don't really see the need to inject so much. Um, you know, if you're buying a brisket and it's as thin as a pencil and kind of, you know, you're going to put it in a smoker for eight hours. Of course, it's going to dry out. It, you know, it's, it's just there's not the fat or the juice there to sustain to, to it. But if you're going to buy a nice big fat um, brisket and kind of monitor its temperature well and look after it, then I, I, I don't really think you need to inject. I know a lot of the competition guys do and use it to make sure as well that every mouthful's like flavour packed. But um, certainly at home or in the restaurant, we, we don't inject. Yeah. I think we're getting that a lot from speaking to guests and stuff on the show that if you're in competition, then yes, you're probably going to be doing that. But at home, yeah. it's not really something you need to be doing. I mean, like Johnny yeah, Trigg says he's so. never in his life, even at competition, never injected or, or any of his food. So, and I mean, he's really? one of the greats. I mean, he, I've heard him on video saying that he's never injected anything. So he doesn't see the mm. point. So, I mean, it's one of those things that I guess is just completely up to, up to you. And, and just I just yeah. find it interesting to, to hear what people have to say and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm nothing. Don't get me wrong. I'm absolutely nothing against it. I just personally, it's one extra step that I don't bother with. If if I've got decent piece of meat, I don't think you need to. If you if you're cooking at home or for friends and family, really. Yeah. So have you, have you ever competed yourself, John? No, I haven't. People keep saying I should do, um, <laughs> but no, I haven't actually. There's already too I... many teams that want to compete at Grill Sock. So <laughs> exactly, I think. Um, I would enjoy competing, actually. I think uh, Ray was trying to get us to go and compete over in the States um, last year for something or other. He was going to kind of cook with us, come on our team and cook with us. That would have been fun, but we, we never pulled it off. Maybe this year, maybe next year, we'll, we'll have a go at that. But That would be um, epic. What, your first first competition, you've got Dr. Barbecue with you. Uh, that would be epic. That would be cool. <laughs> but imagine if we crashed and burned. <laughs> <laughs> The festival will be over. <laughs> That's what he's yeah, thinking, though. He's had a few years out of competing. If he has you two on his team, he can blame you for... <laughs> <laughs> I had these guys yeah. that have never competed with me and they ruined my brisket. <laughs> I think that's probably what he was thinking, actually. We'll get a couple of stooges on there so I can blame if it goes to up. <laughs> uh, no, do you know, I, I mean, I, I would love to compete, but I really enjoy, particularly at Grillstar, I really love being able to go around and chat to the teams and see what everyone's doing and kind of and to judge it as well i really enjoy kind of tasting what everyone's come up with um probably more than i would standing there cooking um and it's a long weekend you know these guys are broken by sunday evening uh, they've had no sleep for well since friday um they've been drinking for 48 hours solid <laughs> you know they've, they've dehydrated and smoked looking like a bit of uh, brisket themselves half of them so i think uh, you know it's great but it's uh, <laughs> Probably, probably not yet. Maybe, maybe in the states with Ray, if it's a day competition, we, we'd have a go at that. Might be the death of you after you've organised it and competed in it, and well, get exactly. to the end of it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you might have mentioned it, but what catchy came first? Then was it the festival or was the restaurants? No, it's a festival. So yeah. the fe first festival is 2010. Um, we never had any intention at all of 
uh, it becoming a restaurant. It was never even on our radar. We just uh, we just did the festival because we enjoyed it. It was um, it was something we thought was missing in the UK, and we thought, you know, if we're into it, there's bound to be a load of other people that are into it as well. And sure enough, there was. Um, so a couple of years, maybe two or three years after the first festival, it was really rolling. I mean, we 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 both decided, Dan, crikey, this is going too fast. We we need to do this full time now. Um, and about that time, we got offered a small pitch at Nicholas Market in Bristol, which is this kind of historic old uh, market strip. It's like a street food strip in the centre of Bristol, um, which is lovely. And we there was a space came available, so we bought a little Fast Eddie uh, 120 from American Barbecue, put it in the corner. Um, we just used to buy pork shoulders in. They'd go in about three. We'd rub them with our own rubs. They'd go in about three in the afternoon. Um, they'd smoke all night when we'd come in sort of 10 o'clock the next day, shred them, sell the sandwiches with a bit of barbecue sauce on. And then that was it. You know, we just served for two hours a day, loaded the smoker again. And so we did that for about 18 months. Awesome. So the grill stock um, restaurant uh, started off as, as a street food then? Yeah, it still is. So awesome. if you go to St. Nicholas Market in Bristol, um, Dan, who uh, he opened that first place with us, runs it still. Um, and it's superb, you know, it's literally, you, you're coming just as the meat's coming out the smoker. Uh, and we know every day we're only going to serve lunch for two hours. So it's kind of, you know, everything's as prime as it can get. And Dan does some really cool stuff. He's a real foodie. He's got a couple of cookbooks under his name now and a very uh, successful kind of food blog. Um, so he's he really kind of comes up with some great recipes. He does bacon chili poppers every day. His brisket chili is probably the best brisket chili I've ever eaten. Uh, somebody's got that on, it's worth a trip. And awesome. it's tiny, you know, it's um, it's maybe two metres by four metres. You still uh, on a Fast Eddie there, or have you... Yeah, yeah, still the original Fast Eddie chugging away. Oh, wow. Uh, that's, that's awesome. Had... I haven't actually checked that one out. I've been to I've been to a few of the restaurants a few times and stuff like that, but... Oh, cool. I haven't, I haven't actually been to the, uh, the street food one, so I'll check that out yeah. next time I'm around. Well, if you're into food at all, that little strip at St. Nicholas Market's great. I mean, we're opposite an Italian guy, there's a Portuguese, there's Caribbean, there's falafel, there's uh, there's pretty much every kind of food yeah. um, in the world on just this tiny little strip. And they're all like little huts, like semi-permanent huts, so they're like wooden. Well, this awful awesome. thing, this, this, this historic part of Bristol, um, but it's all made of wood. So we got there with our smoker the first night, <laughs> not not really knowing anything about extraction that we do now, and just went to B&Q and bought a little kitchen extractor, figured it would just go through the roof, and sure enough, the fire brigade were out that night, <laughs> and we got strict talking to about setting fire to this historic market in Bristol. Uh, I think the first couple of weeks, the fire brigade were out three times, uh, our neighbours' fire alarms were going off. Uh, in fact, pretty much everywhere we've opened, we've had the fire brigade out the first week or two. So um, you know the guys very well. Then first first name basis yeah, yeah. with the Bristol Fire Department. <laughs> exactly. Well, even in Bath, we did it in Bath. We've done it in Leicester. We've done it in Walthamstow. <laughs> we, uh, <just laughs> takes a while to get the uh, extraction finally tuned. I'm going to blame the extraction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's do you, do you know what Dan's food blog is? Uh, Essex Eating. All one word. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Check that out. What, what do yeah, you guys use uh, to cook in the? Do you use fast eddies in the restaurant or, or? We do. Yeah, we just bought bigger ones. So the one in the, um, the one in the market is the small kind of chest size. Yeah, it looks looks a bit like a fridge sort of size, I guess. 
um, it just has five shelves. Um, and, but then in the restaurants, we, we then opened about 18 months later. We took a tiny, spa- tiny, tiny little space in Bristol. It's only 600 square feet, which is, uh, you know, if you know, if you figure out restaurant size, that's about five times too small for to run a restaurant, really. Um, <laughs> So we just put one fast eddy at the end. It's the 300, so it's the one with the it's the next one up with the kind of it's got the five arms, the rotating uh, arms, and each arm's got kind of three shelves on it. So you've essentially got 15 shelves rotating around inside. Um, so we just got one smoker at the back. We've got the counter, and then we just got one long table that seats about 20 people. Um, and it's great. And from the moment we opened it, it was rammed in there. Um, you know, we, we've had quite a basic menu. Um, you go up to the counter, get your food, sit down, eat it, and leave again. Uh, it's pretty fast. Um, but we love that place. It's got pictures of the festivals all over the walls. It's got loads of character. Um, so then we were open in Bath next, a slightly bigger site, about a year afterwards. Um, so this is 2014 that we opened in Bath. That's um, underneath the train tracks there, isn't it? Right by the station? Yeah. yeah. It's, an old, it's an old fuel storage. That's awesome. Uh, it's like literally like you're in like an arch of a bridge or something. That's what it's like. It, it's yeah. awesome. Oh, an awesome site. Like cave. Yeah. <laughs> it's lovely. It was a barbecue uh, it was cave. Like barbecue cave. With no, it's got windows <laughs> at the front, and that's it. Yeah, it's epic. Uh, I, I've been in there. It's epic. Quite hard to build a kitchen in, though, because there's no straight walls. Every wall in there is curved. So <laughs> it's like, how do we, where we. So the kitchen's right in the middle of the restaurant there. Looks um, good, but we, impractical. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then we've got two of the uh, FEC 300s in there. And that's what we've stuck with since, actually. And we do get comments, you know, oh, the food's not as smoky as um, other places. And I think that's true. I think the Fast Eddies do give a light smoke. I mean, we burn oak and hickory wood in there. It, it is burning wood. You know, we, the heat's from wood. We're cooking over wood. Um, but I think there's something to do with the way the pellets are they're just not as smoky um as if you kind of you know if you've got logs in there um the little green mountain grill that i've been playing with recently burns exactly the same pellets um and you get an incredibly smoky flavor from it so i think it's just more the size of the space it's filling with smoke and the amount of meat you're sticking in there at any one time uh, probably affects it a little bit yeah i imagine so yeah so you've got you've got Dan there. You've mentioned that one of them are all your chefs in all your restaurants all barbecue enthusiasts, or have they just come from chef backgrounds and you train them to be barbecuers? They're all barbecue fans now. I mean, everybody <laughs> that works for us really, really, whether they've had a history with barbecue or not, they that within a few weeks they're really into what we do and they're really into the food. Um, but no, we don't. I mean, do you know I, we. The, the guys, they're not. The, we have got some trained chefs in the kitchen, um, but it's not essential. You know, we train everybody up how to kind of rub the meat, smoke it, and kind of serve it properly. Um, it's not a fancy restaurant. We're not requiring very specialist technical kind of kitchen skills. Um, it's more about an understanding of how, you know, the meat should look and taste and kind of the textures and the smells and that sort of thing. So. Um, so we've trained everybody up from guys that have never even worked in a restaurant or a kitchen before, right through to guys that have spent 20 years working in kind of fast kitchens so, and everything in between. I'm going to apply for a job just to get the training now. <laughs> <laughs> everybody that works for us seems to put about two stone on in the first couple of months. Oh dear. And then they'll bring it back in again and you, you see them kind of not eating quite as much at lunchtime every day. And kind of, uh, <laughs> the grill stock paunch, we call it. Yeah. <laughs> 
I've got a bit more of a punch. <laughs> <laughs> the grill stock sack. You can <laughs> we'll build on that. For you. <laughs> oh. So, what would, what would you recommend to anyone that's coming to visit a grill stock restaurant for the first time? They've got to choose one dish. What's going to be? Um, do you know, I think our burnt ends are pretty good, actually. I think um, they we 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 buy USDA briskets, so they're they're big and fatty already. Um, and then we make the burnt ends, mix them with a bit some bit more rubber, a bit more sauce. They're always very good. Um, it's probably my favourite actually. Yeah, I said off air that that sort of beef short rib is my favourite, but it, yeah. it's very very tight with with burnt ends. Actually, good burnt ends are, are like yeah. just so epic that. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, I love them. You mentioned that so so basically you mentioned the grill stock started off uh, the restaurant anyway started off the street food just selling pork butts so pulled pork bats yeah. I guess so how how has the menu sort of uh, grown from then and where are you now I've seen actually I looked on earlier and noticed that there's a few more new things on the menu so so what what sort of the process with that Yeah well what when we opened the Bristol place um, we really took inspiration from the competition so um, the menu was really pork, ribs, chicken, brisket, and that was it. Um, we put a burger on there that we put pulled pork on top of, which everybody's doing now, I, I know that, but um, when we first put it on the menu, they weren't. It was quite a new thing. Um, and that was it. You know, it's, it was a very small kitchen, so we didn't have the luxury of uh, being able to have a lot of staff or a lot of storage space or cooking prep area. So we had to keep it really simple and just really work the smoker um, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, uh, and just have the meat pumping out of there. But um, that's awesome in itself, to... though. That's that's like an awesome thing, anyway. Just yeah, it's lovely. It's great. It's just how it should be. Um, but then we moved to slightly bigger sites. So Bath was a bit bigger. We put a couple more things on the menu. But then we opened Leicester and Walthamstow. I mean, Leicester's. Um, we've got a bit of outside seating there too. It's probably a hundred covers up in Leicester. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lot more diverse crowd. I mean, when we opened in Bristol, uh, somebody made a comment, um, a girl made a comment on the radio, actually. It was a great place to pull because it was just full of blokes. You know, you'd walk in, it would just be <laughs> elbow to elbow, kind of mid-20-year-old blokes gorging themselves. Um, but when we opened in kind of, you know, bigger towns, I guess, or different areas, we, we just needed to broaden the menu a little bit, make it a bit more kind of interesting. And that go- that carries on, you know. We we're already working on our next menu, and uh, new dishes for for kind of the next iteration of the menu. I think it's an ongoing process. Are we allowed any previews of that? Anything? Any sort of inside knowledge? No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> only because we've not decided. Only because it's uh, it's still it's still very much work in progress. But it'd be um, yeah, just not more more of the same. Really, I think it's uh, probably focusing a bit more on 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 the core barbecue stuff. No plans to add any dessert to the menu? <laughs> we have added dessert, actually. Have you? We've got a Bel- yeah, Belgian toffee waffle cheesecake in there at the wow. moment, which is, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's, uh, it's like a toffee cheesecake, but a waffle right through the middle of it. It's really, really uh, tasty, actually. Mm. Is that see any smoke or wood? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. No, smoked cheesecake. I mean, yeah. you, you could make that work, actually. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> you can have that. I'll I'll try and report back. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so, what's next for you guys at Grill Stock? Then we we know you're well rumored. We've seen the new smokehouse opening in Exeter. 
Yeah, we've got a site in Exeter. I think we take that over in a few months' time. Um, really lovely old market area, redeveloped in Exeter. It's a great, great old building. But um, before then, we've got our cookbook, which is our kind of big thing at the moment. So Next month, isn't um, it? Uh, it is April the 20th is the official launch. Okay, awesome. Um, so this is, it is a grill stock cookbook, and there's about 110 recipes in there. Um, and you and Ben wrote that yourselves? Yeah, every every recipe. Well, not every recipe, actually, because we invited a lot of kind of friends and people that we associate with Grillstock to contribute recipes to. Okay, so awesome. about 90 of the recipes are our own, and it's full. Of, I mean, and that's everything from stuff I cook in the garden for my family and friends, right through to some of the restaurant dishes, like our Lockjaw burgers in there, and everything in between, some weird and wonderful things. Um but then we got uh, so Jedi Swine Tricks. Steve Hayes got a recipe in there. Um, we've got Charlie uh, Smoking Penguins got a recipe in there. We've got a bunch of swines. Ed and Emma have got their brisket re- kind of award-winning brisket recipe in there. Um, and those are great because you go to, for example, um, bunch of swines brisket recipe, and it's you know four or five pages long, and it's it's everything. You know, is the detail that. You don't get in other cookbooks, like proper competition spec brisket, step-by-step, step, all the tips and tricks in there. But then we also got, um, like, Huey Morgan gave us a recipe um, from the Fun Loving Criminals. We've got DJ Barbecue gave us a recipe. DJ Yoda's put a recipe in there. Um, so it's really cool. We've got um, there's loads of sauces, rubs, cool drinks, uh, but then it's interspersed with these guest recipes, so it uh, works well. So and it, it's basically it something for everyone then it's like from just your normal cooks at home with a barbecue through to the yeah pit mastered wanting to learn more about competition yeah very much i mean it's got real basic stuff in there um i mean i'm just flicking through now looking at um charlie's team smoking penguins ribs and it's you know that's a three and a half page recipe um that sounds ribs. awesome i didn't realize yeah, it was going to be great. such a such a great book I, I knew it'd be good but it sounds absolutely epic yeah, it's and it's kind of well, it's it's really the last six years of what we've been doing together in one book. It's not just a recipe, but you know, there's images from the festivals over the years and some of the bands that have played there, and you know, some of the characters you'll see and kind of you know stuff in the restaurants. There's some nice pictures of our big Yoda smoker in there. Uh, our travels over in the states a bit in there. It's a real uh, yeah, we're really proud of that. It, it's it was a mission, but it's it's come out beautifully really pleased with it awesome i've saw it on amazon can people pre-order it now is that is that pre-order they available can. Awesome. they can and actually amazon and waterstones are already having a price war on our cookbook which is weird because it's not even out yet but, um, <laughs> so you can um it should be 20 quid but i think they've both got it down at 16 quid at the moment well, 9.99 on kindle <laughs> we do a kindle version do we you do, i didn't yeah. know that <laughs> Yeah, you don't get the pretty pictures and stuff, though. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm going for the, the actual hardback version. That's what I'll yeah, be ordering. I'm going to go on tonight exactly. and get it pre-ordered. <laughs> yeah, do it. need to get a bigger shelf at home. Yeah, I've already... I'm, I'm, have to. <laughs> so I'm the same, actually. Is there like, some techniques and stuff in there as well as just the recipes, or is it a, really a recipe? Yeah, book? no, there's a lot of techniques. Um, there's a lot of techniques in there. There's, but we've kept it very non-technical, so... It's, you know, anybody could pick this book up and start cooking barbecue. It's not, it doesn't require lots of 
you know, we're not giving lots of precise temperatures and make sure your grill's at 168 and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's very, in the in the way that you would cook barbecue, it's more about learning how your grill works and learning how kind of the meat should be looking and smelling at certain points and how it should feel and, what you know, it's picking up that sort of thing rather than giving specific cook for X amount of time at X temperature because you can't do that on a barbecue. Every piece of meat's different. Every barbecue cooks differently. Every bit of wood burns different temperatures. You, you can't give somebody precise um, directions like you can most cookbooks. And it drove our uh, editors potty because um, they're used to dealing with proper um, cookbooks where you do say set your oven to 170 and cook for 93 minutes. Um, over and over we say to them, you, you can't cook barbecue like that. You can't be that precise and tell people this exact thing because it won't work it's not about that it's about yeah. learning learning how it all comes together really yeah well, that's it you could be a... something too then <laughs> <laughs> you taught the editors as well then yeah exactly well they relaxed in the end fortunately yeah. awesome that's uh, something that even no, if you're a great. pit master and you get a new barbecue you've got to get used to it every 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 cue's different every, every everything that i've used has been slightly different so it's just getting Absolutely. to getting used to it getting to know it getting to know the the ins and outs of it and, and really learning from there so so yeah it is, that is, that is it right is. and there's no shortcuts to that you can't you can't cheat you've got to learn your barbecue or you're not gonna you know you're not getting the best out of it you've got you've got to put that time in yeah is there any new features going to be added to the grill stop festival this year or are we just seeing the same thing but bigger and better yeah do you know we've kind of this will be our seventh year in bristol um we kind of know what works what people like we know the layout that works. Um, it's more this year about just making it even more fun, even more beautiful to look at, even kind of smokier, bigger. Um, but yeah, more of the same, really. Evolution rather than revolution. I think it's just um, we, we know what we know what we like. We know what people like, um, and it's just really refining what we've been doing for kind of six years. Cool. Have you got any of the bands named that are going to be on the big stage yet? No, we're uh, we've not. We thought we had the um, we thought we had the charlatans at one point, which would have been great. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we went on the process with them, and then I think one of them actually took a look at what we were and ran a mile because they're all vegans. Oh. <laughs> then they turned around and said, "We're not we're not playing your festival. We're all vegans." So oh. um, we're back to the drawing board. No, we've got um, we've got quite a few offers out. Um, it's quite difficult booking bands. It's one guy we used to work with said to me, uh, it, it's not like buying a pint of milk. You can't just go and say, I'll have you for, you know, two grand or whatever. It's, you've got to put offers out. They've got to work out the tour dates and their kind of the schedule. And so you, you can put an offer out for somebody and not know for three or four months whether they're going to take that offer up or not. And if they do, you're bound in, you, you're tied to it. So it's quite a, uh, it's quite a difficult process. And we'll have probably over the weekend, 30 or 40 bands playing. So, you know, it's quite a uh, it's quite a job booking all that up. We've got a lot of them. Um, we're going to have DJ Barbecue on the main stage closing the Saturday this year, I think. Um, a few of the old favourites in there, uh, but yeah, headliners still TBC, I'm afraid. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, you might have seen a little news post a little while ago. It was going around on Facebook and stuff that Franklin's in the US. They had Kanye West in there, and they sent him to the back of the queue because he tried to push him. <laughs> I thought, you, you might be able to offer him jump the queue, and he might be stepping up for the stage. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Oh, good on them. Yeah, that's uh, that's funny. I didn't know that. <laughs> well, 
Well, he might be available in the UK then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dear, oh dear. Well, he's skint now, isn't he? He's yeah. got to, uh, yeah, he got to, to earn a crust. <laughs> Offer him the two Bless. grand. <laughs> Bless him. Give us yeah. some burnt ends. You can have some burnt ends for him. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Right, guys. Well, I'm going to wrap it up there. We're nearly approaching the, the hour mark. That, that, was, that was awesome. Wow. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you for having me on, guys. It's been uh, good to chat. I just want to quickly just pull out there again is that uh, growth stock tickets are for sale at the minute now. Where can people buy their growth stock tickets? They are. If you just go to grill stock on the internet, um, you, there's a link straight on there. We use a company called Ticket Fairy, which is electronic ticketing. So you just go to our website, click on the festival, and you can buy tickets there. Um, festival 2nd and 3rd of July in Bristol. We're just doing the one big one this year, so don't miss it. Um, yeah, we had 65,000 people there last year all wanting to come back and um, we could only fit 15,000 in Bristol so it's going to sell out so Pretty get sure. your tickets quickly guys get, get in there tickets. now exactly get your tickets now and also I'm going to touch on again the, the cookbooks about to come out sounds like an absolutely epic cookbook I'm genuinely oh, going to go on and pre-order it now so that's available guys on Amazon and Waterstones did you say yeah Amazon and Waterstones online to pre-order at the moment um, and we will have them at our festival as well so uh, you'll be able to grab on there and the smokehouses Cool, awesome. And can you can you just uh, let people know where they could find you on social media and stuff? If if you uh, or find the smokehouses on social media and stuff. Yeah, um, if you go on Facebook and just do search for Grillstock, um, all the restaurants have got their own Facebook page, and we've got a main one. And I'm Grillstock underscore John on Twitter, and John R Finch on Instagram as well. Great, awesome. Thank you very much. Cheers for coming on pleasure guys good it's been time. epic having you as a guest so thank you very much and good luck with the thank book you. and uh, we'll be yeah. seeing you at Grillstock you will thank you maybe come and judge this year what do you think oh, oh, love to. we'd love be to be honoured <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're angling for really isn't it <laughs> we can record a live <laughs> podcast from the judging stage <laughs> there we go exactly you'll love it you have to be um, the only thing with judging is it does get you drunk very quickly because um you tend to get plied with Jack Daniels quite early in the day, which isn't a bad thing. But yeah, exactly. Goes down well. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. That would be epic. We're there. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Cool. Cheers, John. Thank you very much. See you at Gross Stop. All the best. See you there. Cheers now. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in, guys, to United Q Barbecue Podcast, the only barbecue podcast in the UK, brought to you by your host, Dan from United Q, and his co-host, Barbecue Forte. Goodbye. This episode is brought to you by our kind sponsors, ProQ Smokers. ProQ is dedicated to providing you with quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. Cheers, guys. Over and out.